making choices and decisions now is not a narrative of, oh my gosh, I can't, or oh my gosh, I, I shouldn't. It's now like, you know what? I'm hungry. I'm going to have a salami sandwich today. And I'll tell you guys, a year ago, I wouldn't fix a sandwich for myself. Mm-hmm. The message would have been the carbs are there. Oh my gosh, I can't have that cheese. Oh my gosh. And you were just talking about it on one of your recent TikToks, which I'm sure you've done it on multiple ones. But when you start eating three meals a day, I mean, you literally like, I, I go downstairs, I fix a protein pancake. I fix myself banana toast with protein. I put bananas protein powder and actual peanut butter on there. And I go out the door or pancakes with the peanut butter protein powder on it or scrambled eggs, whatever it is. You don't need to snack and have these extra things because I'm not hungry because I just ate. Welcome to Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt, the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Are you ready to cut the crap with your diet and exercise, get strong as fuck, and build a healthy relationship with food? Then you've come to the right place. Let's Let's go. If you'd like to support us in the podcast, join our Patreon where you get exclusive content, which consists of monthly workouts you can do at home or at the gym, monthly challenges that are either strength, habit, or mindset-based, and access to over 100-plus low-calorie, high-protein, family-friendly meals. These are all designed by a professional chef who is certified in nutrition. These recipes are already in my fitness pal for easy fucking tracking. New recipes are also added each week. We believe that fitness is for everyone. So this is our way of getting you started on your health and fitness journey at a price most everyone can afford. So what the fuck are you waiting for? I'll see you in the Patreon. Hey, Megan. Hi. Truly, how are you, Beth? My favorite person in the world. Man, I like you too, but I just... It's okay. I thought Beth I like that a disciple. <laughs> so, Megan, how long have you been, I guess, a TikTok follower? I started following during the... Okay. I started doing TikTok during the pandemic. You were probably one of my first people that I figured out how to hit the follow button and start, <laughs> start following on TikTok. And I have to tell you, in addition to all of your nice, wonderful, good no-nonsense stuff it was because you dropped the F-bomb all the time that I really fell in love with you, Beth, because I'm a big F-bomb dropper. And so when I heard you, I was like, all right, th- this is a person who speaks my language. And not that you've asked me, but I'm just going to share this. So like everybody that's had weight issues, I was just thinking last night, I mean, I have been on every weight program that you could ever be in your life. I've done Jenny Craig, Nutrisystem, Overeaters Anonymous, Trying to think what else have I possibly done. Octavia, absolute worst one of all of them was that last one. That was my last one that I did. I used to, when I was in high school, I used to take Dexatrim by the handful. They would have done a drug screen on me. I would have been booted. I was gobbling them up like they were M&Ms. When I look at pictures of myself in high school, I think, well, I really wasn't that overweight. But weight has always just been in my head. I had six kids in nine years. Gained 50 pounds with my first daughter who just turned 30. I keep telling people, I'm like, I'm still trying to lose the 50 pounds for my 30-year-old baby weight. And so it's always been in me. It's always been, I did Overeaters Anonymous probably 10 or 12 years ago for an entire year, writing down my food every day, had to call a sponsor, list off everything. And it was, I, I did very well on it. But to your point and this whole program, it's not sustainable. You cannot be writing down your food. I can't be having jello as my snack every day for the rest of my life. So when I found you and started following you, I was like, boy, this this makes absolute sense what you're saying, which is is perfectly imperfect. And I am I am consistently inconsistent. Those are my great claims to fame since I found and I stopped looking. So I used to weigh myself every single morning, six o'clock in the morning, go in my bathroom, make sure that I had my pajamas on because God forbid that extra 10 ounces of pajama weight would get on my scale. And it would be the tone for my entire day would be based on those numbers on my scale every day. And what an overwhelming, huge burden to carry all day long to feel defeated before I even put my slippers on and went downstairs for breakfast in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, I mean, I weigh myself maybe once a week and I have a, this is what I, this is my little mental game. I have a 10 pound range. I'm always like, you know what, if I weigh between this and this, I'm good. I'm fine. And if I see a significant influx, I don't say, oh my gosh, what have I done wrong? Mm-hmm. I now say to myself, what could I do? What could I strengthen myself in? Water drinking, 
man, I didn't take as many walks as I normally do. I can get out my little uh, Pilates bar that I just started doing and I can do a 20 minute workout quickly. I, I stopped putting everything to my food. I stopped saying, oh my gosh, this is because, oh my gosh, I had that. And it's just been amazing to me, you guys, because when you carry around weight, you also carry around the weight, the burden of, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm doing bad. I'm bad. I'm bad. And to have lost as much weight as I've lost, because I weighed myself this morning in case you're going to ask me. So I weigh 147 pounds today, which by the way, I weighed 155 on my wedding day. And I thought I was slamming hot on my wedding day. So I am really something else now. I no longer carry that heavy burden of, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? And oh my gosh, I'm a failure. I'm a failure every single day to be like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have had that yesterday. Or, oh my gosh, I should have, I should have made sure I did whatever. Now I'm just, you know what? I didn't do that yesterday, but today I'm going to do it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How did the thinking about weight loss and starting weight loss, how did that begin? I mean, it's just my whole life. I read in my, my, my pediatrician's office one time, and I don't even know why he had terrible handwriting, but I looked at my chart. I was mm-hmm. probably... 11. I mean, you're 11 or 12. You have no body yet. You're like a big bag of potatoes when you're 11. Mm-hmm. Or 12. You don't have hips. You don't have anything. And I read in my chart in his handwriting, obese. And I was like, oh my God, I am obese. I am obese. I am fat. I am fat. And so that has just been in my head my entire life. It's not in my head now. So 11 years um, old. 11. Oh yeah. I did Elaine Powers, which was a workout place. I started doing Elaine Powers when I was in eighth grade, where they put you on those little machines with a little strap around your waist and jiggle you all over the place. I started doing that when I was in eighth grade. And then I said, like I said, all through high school, I was Dexatrim, drinking tab, all that kind of crap. And it just, I mean, my, my, I was talking to my husband, who I've been married to for 31 years. And he always says the same thing to me. He's like, Megan, you look exactly the way you did when you were 22 years old and I met you. There's not one thing about you that looks different to me. You look exactly sparkly, cute, adorable, Megan. And so he always says, I never see it. But he said to me the other day, he said, I don't ever see it because I just see you the way I see you with my eyes. But he said, I always hear about it from you. He said, I always hear it. And he said, and that's always painful for me to hear how anti, how mean you are to yourself. And and that's really what it is, you guys. It's the self-talk. And if you can start changing that internal narrative, boy, I'll tell you, this this food part has become like breathing to me now, you guys. I mean, I made brownies the other night. My dumb family doesn't know this, but I make brownies and I I put a big (laughs) can of black beans in my brownies whenever I make them. Mm -hmm. And then when I make chocolate chip cookies, I put great Northern beans in them. And I add stuff to stuff all the time and nobody ever knows, but it's the making choices and decisions now is not a narrative of, oh my gosh, I can't, or oh my gosh, I I shouldn't. It's now like, you know what? I'm hungry. I'm going to have a salami sandwich today. And I'll tell you guys a year ago, I wouldn't fix a sandwich for myself. Mm -hmm. The message would have been the carbs are there. Oh my gosh, I can't have that cheese. Oh my gosh. And you were just talking about it on one of your recent TikToks, which I'm sure you've done it on multiple ones, but when you start eating three meals a day, I mean, you literally like, I, I go downstairs, I fix a protein pancake, I fix myself banana toast with protein. I put bananas, protein powder, and actual peanut butter on there. And I go out the door or pancakes with the peanut butter protein powder on it or scrambled eggs, whatever it is. You don't need to snack and have these extra things because I'm not hungry because I just ate. Mm-hmm. It, it's so, I mean, it, it sounds like the stupidest thing, but it's not like I'm I've split the atom here and I'm sharing some deep, profound secret, but I'm telling you what, I'm I'm a nanny two days a week for a little girl. And you did a thing the other night about the pizza, Beth, about having going back for more pizza and by do I want it. And so when I would leave my house in the morning and then go to take care of this little girl, she wouldn't finish her pancakes with syrup all over them. So guess who was finishing it? I would. She had Fruit Loops in a bowl, so I would pour myself a cup of Fruit Loops and start eating those. I mean, it's because I never, and so now I bring a lunch with me every day to work. I carry tuna packets with me. And your other great claim to fame, Beth, is I love cottage cheese. I know a lot of people don't. But I mix my tuna salad and my cottage cheese almost always. I get big leaf lettuce and I make myself a little tuna cottage cheese, put it on the leaf lettuce, everything but the seasoned bagel. And it's just amazing to me that I, that I, that I, don't, need sna- I don't need so many snacks because I'm eating. I'm having meals. I'm feeding my body what a body needs to be fed. Mm-hmm. 
how did you figure out what your body needs to be fed? Because that's a big difference going from the pills and all the different fads and the, all the restriction, the the drinks and everything. How I know you discovered Beth three years ago or so, but did it click for you right away or did you need to hear her message for a year or two? Yeah. People ask me all the time and I was just out with my brother the other night and he hasn't seen me for a while and he said, holy crap, you look so good. He's like, what have you been doing? And I, what diet have you been doing? I said, I am no longer dieting. I said, I, I will not, I do not have that as a, a mindset anymore. I said, I am now, every food fits. There's room for everything. And he's like, well, what do you mean? There's room for everything. I said, well, when we're done having our dinner here, I said, I'm getting the chocolate sundae for dessert tonight because I want it. I said, and because, and he's like, I'm shocked that you would have that with your you know, <laughs> drastic weight loss. I said, I've had Big Macs. I said, I've had fries. I said, I have a shake. I said, because the minute you start denying yourself, that's mm-hmm. the talk in your head. It's the denial talk. Yes. Well, I can't have a Big Mac. I can't have it. Oh my gosh. Well, I certainly couldn't have a vanilla shake because I, and, and again, I don't have a Big Mac every single day of the week. Obviously that's not, that's not what I d- desire. But when I think about it and I'm like, well, it's been in my head for the last two days. I'm going to go tomorrow. and I'm getting myself a Big Mac. I enjoy it. I don't secretively eat it. Mm-hmm. I don't sit in my car and shovel it into my face. Like I'm some criminal doing something bad. I came home. I sat down at my counter I dug into that bad boy, sauce all over my face, dripping all over my chin, and I licked it all off, and I didn't feel bad about it for a minute. And when my husband came home, he's like, God, I can't remember the last time I saw you eating a Big Mac. I said, well, get ready for it, my friend. I said, because I'm not a person Buckle who up. is denying. I'm not denying myself. I love this so much. You have no idea. This is huge. And by the way, one of your most significant TikToks early on, Beth, was you were going on vacation. You were going on a... I don't know, you're going on like a road trip to, I don't know, Arizona. I don't know where you're going, but you were going somewhere and you showed your snacks. And so I, that was one of the first times I told my husband about you. I said, oh, there's this F-bomb dropping lady that I love on TikTok. And I said, and she's on a trip and she was talking about when you go on vacation. Oh, you got donuts too. While you were on the vacation, you had donuts. You were eating the donuts. You were showing how you, you picked the donuts that you wanted. <clears throat> and you said something to the effect of, when I go on a vacation, I'm not bringing, I'm not going out of my way to be terribly unhealthy, but I'm certainly not going to not enjoy my vacation while I'm on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, that was one of the most significant things. I don't go on vacations very often, but I was in Vegas a couple of months ago. You can be damn straight. This girl over here stopped and got herself a bag of M&Ms while she was walking through the lobby and headed to the casino to lose $25 on the slots. But my point is, it's all of that talk in your head that just slows you down and slows down your progress. And I truly feel unstoppable. Like I feel like I, there's nothing like I, I take my dog for a walk three times a day. Sometimes I take her out for a walk four times a day. Sometimes that's three miles. Sometimes it's five miles. Doesn't And like I said, I use my Pilates bar now that I just ordered online just so I had something easy for the winter months. I'm working at liking this person right here. I'm working at liking this Megan, this Megan who is unburdened her brain of all of the horrendous time-consuming shit that I've been telling myself for the last 47 years. I mean, truly, just over and over, you're bad, you're bad, you're fat, you're fat, you're bad. Uh, You can't have that. Oh my gosh, you're never going to eat that again. And so it's really, I mean, this. that's why I said this is such a huge thing for me to be on talking with you today because it's like thinking the person who has really changed my relationship with food and the way that I view myself, Beth, and viewing myself as some loser and some failure, a failure. I am so far from a failure. I'm a funny, accomplished, I raised six human beings to adulthood. I raised six people. I am a, I am a great person that has had a ongoing bad issue with my talk about food and you have completely revolutionized it. I'm not kidding you. If I have a hot dog, I think of you. I sent you that last I said, thinking of you while I'm having that Big Mac because I can better. I can have black beans and great rice. And by the way, potatoes, that's the other thing that got me. I am a hundred percent Irish. When I die, it says in my will, my casket is to be lined in mashed potatoes with extra butter and extra salt. In case I should come back to life, I want to be able to eat my way through my casket filled with mashed potatoes. (laughs) And so what you've done here, Beth, is when I fix myself a baked potato, oh my gosh, it's carbs. Oh my gosh, it's carbs. Watermelon, watch you eat your watermelon, talking about how much watermelon. My husband, my sister, she's like, a lot of sugar in that watermelon. There's a lot of sugar in cotton candy too. 
There's a lot of sugar in a lot of things. I'm eating some healthy, God-created fruits, and I will have as much of this as I like because I want watermelon right now. Instead of saying, oh, yeah, I really can't have watermelons too much. I can't have a potato, a baked potato, a mashed potato. I will have them, my friend, and I will have them and not feel like I am a failure for eating my carbs, for eating my vegetables, for eating my fruit, for having a Diet Coke. I, I'm, I'm not, I, I just, it's so, I, I was walking into Target earlier this morning. And I was thinking, I saw how light I feel, not the weight, how light I feel without the talk. Oh, I can't have a Frappuccino. I, I, I certainly can't look at the Starbucks people that I didn't want one this morning. But if I did want one, I would make my adjustments, do what I wanted to do. But it's just relieved me of that burden of, oh, don't even look over at Starbucks because then you're going to get yourself something and then you're going to be bad. Yeah. Bad. And that self-loathing talk, that must have been exhausting. It is exhausting. It's so tiring. How can you carry that around yeah, in the world? I, a lot of people do. So many people. Yeah, there's the, the negative self-talk. I mean, those belief systems, you legitimately believe that you are a bad person because yep. because of what diet culture and, and society has kind of made you feel about yourself. Absolutely. And then that kind of trickles down to your behaviors and your actions. You feel like you're a bad person. So the actions that you're doing are going to mimic that. You're going to be making bad decisions. Exactly right. And I don't view any food now as a bad decision in my life anymore. And that in itself is, I mean, that should be um, a, a bumper sticker. I do not view any foods as a bad decision any longer. Absolutely. Because it's so liberating to not feel like, like I said earlier, just as an overeaters anonymous, I was like, well, I can never have this again. Well, this is not on my, this is not on my diet. This is not on my whatever. And then you go around and say, well, I've already screwed it up. And Beth, you did those gla those glasses the other day, the McDonald's glasses, which, by the way, those are probably worth a fortune, the Hamburglar and all the other cute glasses when you were talking about this day was great day. This day was not such a great day. I have to tell you, I'm not being some Pollyanna ass kisser because I'm just not an ass kissing kind of gal, never have been. But I couldn't tell you in the last, I could not tell you in the last six months for sure. The last time I thought, ooh, I really did a botched up job yesterday or, oh, got into bed at night and said, oh, I really did a bad job today. I mean, I truly have not. And that's what I would do. I would inventory my day when I would get in bed at night. And then there I was in the first thing in the morning, getting on my scale, that number wasn't all adding up. Then I'd have to, my, my mood would be set for the day of, holy crap, I'm a big fat loser and I, I can't do anything right. So I can't, I, I don't feel like I've gotten into bed in six months and gotten through a day, my day and thought, well, you really botched this up. I get into bed and say, wait, Megan, you did the the best job today that you could with the day that you had. And every day is not an easy day. Every day is not a great day. Life comes, obviously, that's, that's what life is. It's life. It comes at you in different directions. And sometimes it's harder. And so I don't ever look at myself anymore and be like, oh, gosh, you really screwed up today. Or, man, you shouldn't have had that entire packet of, I don't even know what, M&Ms or whatever it is. Um, and... Just, I mean, I think that is, like I said, I think it is the self-talk that is going to change people in addition to knowing that all foods fit and nutrient-dense foods are great, but all foods fit. I love when you guys go to the grocery store and you pull off crap off the shelves. Oh, I can't have these. I can't. Yeah. And for people like myself, and there, you obviously have lots of followers and stuff, but for people to see you guys saying those words and to talking about the the diet soda, and, and by the way, this talking about the drinking I'm an Irish person, so I'm, I couldn't be more stereotypical drinker, potato eater, all of the above. I drink very little now. And it, it's not just because there it is poison and you're putting poison. It's because I don't feel the self-loathing that says, oh, gosh, I'm going to have a couple of beers now to take care of that quiet down, that self-loathing in me. Oh, my gosh. My daughter said to me, I was in Cincinnati over the weekend helping her. We were out. And she's like, Are you, aren't you getting anything to drink? I said, I really don't need anything to drink. I said, I got a Diet Coke. I got a nice water here. So why don't you get a beer? I said, if I want a beer, I'll order one. I don't feel like it right now. And I really feel like it's all tied together where people self-medicate because they're like, crap, I'm a big, well, I've already had the fries with my dinner. So now I'll just have five beers with my dinner on top of that. Um, and I just feel so liberated and free from it that I really just do not feel any compulsion to drink. I mean, I, I've certainly had a, a beer or two here or there, but I have not had, I've had three beers in a sitting in over a year because I don't need to. I don't feel the feeling of, well, fuck it, you're fat. You got to just have a beer anyway. We see that often. 
when people repair their relationship with food, it actually, as a byproduct, it, it makes them repair their relationship with alcohol a lot of the time too. And that's usually because the, why the reason why, and you just described this, you, the reason why you were turning to food is the same reason why you're turning to alcohol. All right. To cope, to soothe, to numb. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's completely <laughs> accurate. I just do not feel that at all. I mean, I, it, like I said, unless you're a person that, was hearing this and knows the self-narrative talk that is so heavy, you can't imagine. And I hope that anybody that's, that watches this podcast really walks away from watching it and thinks, holy crap, I would like that in my life. I would like to be unburdened of the weight of feeling the weight of my, the pounds on my body and the relationship with food that I have. I'd like to be unburdened with that because I am telling you, I am unburdened by it. By the way, I got Halloween candy today at Target when I was there, and I specifically picked the Halloween candy that I like. I had one Baby Ruth and one $100,000 bar, and I got to tell you, two years ago for Halloween, I would have had that entire bag gone before the trick-or-treaters came to my house. Mm-hmm. I have no thoughts. My, if I want another Baby Ruth or another Kit Kat or another whatever, I, I might help myself to it. I, I did not feel any compulsion in it. I was like, all right, I had two little minis, perfectly lovely. Those were delicious. And now I'm done. And your pizza thing the other night was so perfect because this is also part of the talk. Like I've eaten the food off my little kid that I nanny for his plates. It's that thing too, where you feel like, well, it's sitting there. I should really help myself to that last one. Oh, I should really finish off the garlic bread. I should really have, you know, if I'm eating all of my meals every day, and if I sat down and had two pieces of pizza and had a piece of garlic bread, I am full. And when your head is no longer filled with all the other talk, suddenly you're not even thinking all the time of, oh, I'd like to go back down and have that, or gosh, I'd really like to put that in my mouth, or I put it away and think to myself, I might have that for breakfast tomorrow morning if I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. You know what I call that when you were saying, like, I should finish the pizza? When, when I, I call that shooting yourself. Stop shooting. Right. Yes, <laughs> that is. Yes, that's exactly a good one. That's what it is. It's a should of myself. And it's also the, you know, the shoulda, coulda, woulda about what I should have done yesterday with my food or what I could have done yesterday with my exercising. Instead of just saying, gosh, I'm doing the best job I can. I'm working at changing a lifetime of negative talk. And it takes a long time to unravel a lifetime of yeah. hearing yourself say, you are fat, Megan. You are fat, Megan. You are fat, Megan. And the other day, one of my daughters sent a picture. We have a family text and we have a family snapchat and she sent a picture of something funny from a couple of years ago and you know what the first thing was that i sent back look at how fat i am that's what i sent back and my older daughter said mom that is so mean to talk about yourself like that she's like that's where you were in your life at that time don't be mean to one of my favorite people my mother and i said that is very true and that's very but that, but this is the instinctive, that's the old, that's the old talk going on. I see the picture. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to see that. Oh my gosh, I don't want to be in that. And that's mm-hmm. a struggle, right? So that, that self-talk, that negative self-talk still wants to creep in from time to time. Yes, it certainly does. It does not, like I said, you do not have 40 some years of being a and negative. normal. Yep. You, yeah. you have to work at that all the time because mm-hmm. yes, it does come in like that. And so you're you've been married 31 years. Congratulations! That's that's a long yes, time. I can't imagine doing something. anything for 31 years. That's amazing. And you've been saying for so 47 years you were struggling. So what does that put you um, in terms of age? I'm 57. 57 years young. Amazing. Struggle for 47. Yep. With your weight and your body image and the negative self talk. Oh my god, that's a fucking half a century. It is a fucking half a century. You know what else is interesting? What's the you guys would know this? Is it called body dysmorphia? Is that what it's called? Body dysmorphia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So this is interesting. I ordered myself some stuff from J. Crew the other day. And so I ordered these, I got the box and it came and I go in my closet to try on everything. Cause that's my, I never go into a dressing room. I've been in a dressing room since I was 10 years old, not even lying to you. So I'm in my room trying stuff on all this too big. And I'm like, okay, well that's shocking. And that's astonishing. So anyway, I drive over to the J. Crew outlet store to return the stuff that I ordered by mail, save myself the drive. Now I'm returning it in person. And so I said to the girl, oh, I really love this shirt. And she's like, well, we've got it over here in the medium. Now, my entire, as long as I can remember, extra large if I was lucky. Large if I was lucky. I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I am. She's like, oh, yeah, for sure you are. I'm like, no, I don't think so. And she's like, these jeans are really cute with this too. She brings these jeans. I'm like, I said, yeah. I said, I have not been a size 10 since I was 10, probably. I said, not a chance. 
And she's like, oh my gosh, she's like, just try them on. Medium shirt and size 10 jeans. I was like, I can't. And so in my head now, when I think of stuff, like I'm, I'm putting stuff on, my sister said to me that she's like, Meg, your jeans are huge. They're so saggy on you. I said, are they actually? And she's like, can you not see it? I said, no. I said, they feel like just regular jeans on me. And she's like, no, too big. Because my head still has me extra large. I hear that so often. It's really common. So I went to another store the other day and I was like, oh, do I dare? And I reached for a medium jacket. It had a little cinched waist in the middle of it. I was like, mm, I don't know about cinched waist with a medium. I put that bad boy on. I'm not going to lie. It was way too much money. Didn't care because I was so delighted that it fit. And so I bought it for myself. And I, I told my husband, I said, I, I, I never buy medium clothes. I, said, I couldn't even tell you the last medium anything, medium pizza maybe, but I'm not a medium clothes <laughs> girl. <laughs> I have no idea. So I definitely have that portion of this puzzle that I'll have to still work on because it's just, it's, that's just part. I mean, I, like I said, I, it's been XL or L for forever. I don't know anything other than that you know, to see an M in the back of my shirt. It doesn't stand for Megan. I don't know what I, I don't know what an M would do. Mm-hmm. What an M means in my life. That's that's incredible. So incredible. When let me ask you this. So when did it really click for you? Because having a 47 years of you know, dieting and a horrible relationship with food, like when was the moment where you're like, oh my God, I can really eat anything? I know we all have that moment. I did I had my moment when it was when I was tracking calories and mm-hmm. actually realizing that I could fit all foods in my diet and the reason I was gaining weight wasn't because of eating crappy foods. It was because I was eating too much in general. I have to say, I mean, I I know what you're saying about a a moment. I have to tell you, I really think it was your video about going on vacation, Beth. I really feel like when you were talking about, you've got to allow yourself these things in your life. You can't. And and when you kept saying the, you know, all foods fit, nutrient rich, nutrient dense, nutrient, whatever that, I mean, I see your, I mean, I see your TikToks every single time they come out. You're always on my, my, my page then. So I really feel like that vacation video that you did so a while back, I feel like that was when it all started in my head. I was like, hey, she's absolutely right. You cannot have fun foods when you're on vacation. You gotta have a donut when you're on vacation somewhere. Like how preposterous you go on vacation. I'm sorry. I need to be dieting while I'm here having a fun time in the Bahamas because that is what I have to do. No, you can go and have a fun time in the Bahamas and eat some delightful food and have a piece of chocolate cake and your entire world is not going to implode because you do that. So I think that Beth is really was that was the, that's the one that always sticks in my head when I talk to tell people about you and just that the small, simple places that you've shown where you can change something. And when you count out, when you show how much protein your body needs. That's very significant to me because I was an under protein girl as well. Like I was, and you're like, you got to palm your hand. You got to have this. You need to put this on. This is how you get this much protein in a day. Those kinds of things have been very life-changing. I did not do well on Octavia. Do you know why I did not do well on Octavia? Too dumb, too dumb and too expensive, too dumb. You know why? I could not do that freaking leans and greens shit. They're like, you can have four leans and two greens. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what. So I was eating the same Big Mac salad every day for like two months. I, my husband's like, you have that Big Mac salad? And the, so it's the only one that I could figure out how to make with this four leans, two greens, two cleans, two. The Overeaters Anonymous was easy because you had your portions that you had to weigh half a cup of broccoli, a whole chicken breast or two hot dogs, or whatever it was. So that that was an easier one for me. I never do calorie counting. I just can't figure it all out. It's too hard for me. Well, you haven't had to. I mean, it sounds like. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, that's what, well, this is what I keep doing. Because you're like, are you watching your macros? I said, I don't even know what the fuck a macro is. It's like, <laughs> my life depended on it. I said, no idea. You found something that works for you. And that was that didn't involve calories. Exactly what I say to people. This is the dumbed down version of me that just is doing this based on the sandwich. I mean, Beth, when I see your sandwich, it's like, God damn it. I'm having cheese on my sandwich. Why am I not having cheese on my sandwich? I like <laughs> yeah. cheese. I'm, right? having, I'm having mustard on my sandwich too, for God's sakes. So it's that kind of thinking. And I, that's that, I think that has really been, that's been the big aha moment for me. And it's, it, like I said, I've had probably 20 people in the last year and a half. And by the way, this was not rapid. And that's another thing. This is another thing that anybody that's listening to this and nobody likes that part of it. I, I don't like that part of it either. Nobody like I, I was getting stuck on it for a while because I started. So I was 197 
during when the pandemic started. And I'm very I'm a very slow, slow weight loss person and always have been. People have asked me, have you done it? Have you done it? And I always say, I, it, it's very slow. This is a very slow process. I said, I'm doing a lot of different eating. I'm eating differently. I'm eating in a way that is good for my body and my mind. That's what I was saying to one of my friends. She said, God, that's so great, Megan. I said, it is. I said, because this is my mindset now. I'm eating the way my body wants me to. And my mind is allowing me the, the, the clear space to say, I'm having a sandwich with cheese on it today. Mm-hmm. I'm having the ice cream sundae when I'm done with my dinner out at a restaurant tonight because I couldn't tell you the last time I had an ice cream sundae. Haven't had any thoughts about having one, but now I do. And so I'm having one. I just think that people, me included, it's very hard. Like one of your one of your TikToks, Beth, you had a picture of yourself. You said this was back in the day when you were drinking and it was a picture that you showed on your TikTok. And you were heavier. I don't know how much you weighed. I don't know if you shared that or not. But I saw that when you showed it. And I thought to myself, God damn it. Look at how thin and toned and buff and everything else she is. So in my mind, you took that picture yesterday. And then you're showing yourself today. And I'm like, well, here she is. She did it like that. And that's not realistic Got for it. anybody. And that's the part of, I think that's part of the whole narratives that people get into about self-loathing and well it's not happening in two weeks so I'm done it's not happening in two months so I'm over with I there's no point in this because it's been five months and instead of saying you know what I weigh myself once a week I give myself a 10 pound window to be weighing in and if I'm in that 10 pounds I'm good and if I'm not I figure out what I need to change and increase my health, not lose more weight, increase my health, walking more, drinking more yeah. water. It's health promoting behaviors. Absolutely. Yep. So it probably was not the right answer, Beth, but that's the answer I'm giving you. I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. Oh, that's great. That's an amazing answer. There's no wrong answers yeah. here. Yes, that's what I like. <laughs> it's not a test. <laughs> if that had only been the case on my ACT, I might have gotten into an Ivy League school if they had no answers. <laughs> There's no wrong answers here that I could have done better probably. What does your husband say about all your mindset shifts and no longer talking about yourself in the way you were talking? He really, like, he was, we were up when he was with me out to dinner and the, the waitress came and she brought two spoons. And I said, I don't know who the hell you think is using that other fucking spoon, but it isn't him. It's that's this ice cream Sunday is all me all day long. So back the hell off and get yourself your own Sunday if you want. Buddy <laughs> Voisky. So he thinks it is remarkable. And he is, I mean, he's, first of all, he could double as an elf. He's like five foot six. He's very little. He works out every day for an hour. He always, he's done this for his entire life. He eats like a lumberjack. He will eat potatoes and meat for days and doesn't give a crap about, because he works out all the time. So he said to me after we left the restaurant that night, he's like, that was awesome. He said, it was just awesome when you got that and you ordered that Sunday and your brother was so surprised by it. He's like, and what was even more awesome was when she brought the two spoons and you're like, no need for him to have a spoon. This is all mine all day long. He said, <laughs> it's so great to see you happy and enjoy yourself. And we are going on our first international trip together and we're going to Mexico at the beginning of December. And oh, yeah. in addition to the clothes I'll be buying that have an M in them for medium, which will still be shocking to me. I plan on, and I said that to him, I said, we are going to have such a blast. We're going to an all-inclusive resort for five days. I said, this isn't going to be weirdo shit. Of, I'm not going to be having anything. I'm not going to be getting breakfast this morning. It's going to be breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Get down to the beach, sitting outside there, doing what we want to do. I said, it's not going to be any corking around with weird food crap while we're enjoying our time together. And he's like, I am all on board that train. He's like, that will be awesome. Because he said, every time we go anywhere, it's always like, nope, can't have it. Nope, I don't want to get dinner tonight. No, I'm not going to have lunch today. And he's like, and then I'm always left eating by myself while you're sitting there watching me. And then you're hungry 20 minutes after we're done eating because you didn't get anything. Yeah. Yeah. Love the all-inclusive. Where are you going at in Mexico? We're going to a JW all-inclusive in Cancun. My husband's a big Marriott guy. He travels heavily for work, always has. So he has gone usually 190 130 to 190 nights a year he is gone. So it's made our marriage very strong. I've been home taking care of our six children and raising them all up while he was out putting money in my bank account, which is what I like to tell people. I'm on the gravy train express and that gravy train's name is Rich. And that is the train that train that I'm staying on for life. I dig it. I dig it. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So you were talking about belief systems back there a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to ask you, so you're 57 years young. 
Has there been a point in your life when you've had the belief that you were too old to change or to lose your weight? Lose weight? No, never feel like I'm too old. By the way, I love my age. I'm not one of these. I celebrate my birthday in a way that is absolutely enormous every year. I throw myself a surprise party every year. I send out a message to all my friends and I'll say, this year I'm going to Harvey's restaurant at six o'clock until 10 o'clock. Whoever wants to come and surprise me for my surprise birthday party, come and show up. What a great idea. I've been doing this for a lot of years. You never have a bad damn birthday if you plan it out like this. And by the way, you've eliminated the burden from any of your friends to be like, oh, shoot, I'd really like to go. Or, oh, hey, Megan, I've got your invite, but I can't make it. Nobody has to say say anything. I just say I will be sitting in the bar from 8 o'clock or 6 o'clock until 10. And I got to tell you guys, they are always spectacular birthdays. I always tell people, if you are not having a birthday, you are dead. So I like my birthday. I like to talk it up. I like to celebrate it up because, my God. Who am I to be so lucky to be 57 and still be taking up space on the earth here? I love that I get birthdays. I love that I get to celebrate them with so many wonderful friends that I have. So I'm a big birthday lover and I'm a big numbers. Like the bigger the number, the higher the number. God bless me for being around this long, for heaven's sakes. So anyway, what was your question, Max? I've talked so much, I've already forgotten what it was. (laughs) About our belief systems and not being able to change. And we're... Where I was going with that was because you have you struggled for so long for forty seven years, but you still you still you, that didn't de- defeat you didn't feel like no I can't do this. And by the way, people always talk about the whole menopause thing. I never got menopause Octavia. I didn't get that either. Didn't get menopause either. Like um, people are like, are you on hormones or are you doing any supplements? Are you doing any whatever? And I was like, I don't know. One day I was having my cycles. One day I wasn't. Here I am. I, I look the same. A little more wrinkled. A little more dried up. A little more like a leather catcher's mitt on the face these days. Cause I. Probably don't have any of the hormones I'm supposed to have, but I was I was like, if hormones play into my weight loss and my people say you have a menopausal stomach or you have a, I'll tell you what I don't have is a menopausal stomach anymore. My menopausal stomach has just dwindled down. When I lay down on my bed now, I used to have a big, a nice round hiatal, look like I had a hiatal hernia or had just eaten a watermelon. And when I'm laying down now, I, I can see straight down to my feet. And so I think, well, I know there's stuff, two hormones and two menopause and whatever, but I've never given any credence to that at all. Maybe that's part of the slow train, but um, again, if if people can just if people can change the mindset and change the narrative, and they can just wait it out and just stay with the, the the program of not saying no to food, but just saying maybe this is the day for this food, maybe tomorrow's the day for this food, it would really. I think that there are so many people like me that could be completely transformed, like really feel mentally transformed, not physically mentally transformed because anybody that's overweight, anybody that's had to be on a diet or Ozempic or whatever. And, and, and Beth, you're always so good about saying you're not a doctor. You're not making suggestions about this or, or shots or gastric sleeves or anything like that. I, I certainly, I'm less of a person. I have no, no credence whatsoever, but um, I think that people just need to be patient with themselves in the process, like, don't say to myself, well, if I don't weigh 160 by end of the month, I'm out. I had to start when, cause it was so slow for a period of time there that I had literally had to start saying, okay, if I'm down two pounds by the end of the month, I will be good. If I am down two pounds by the end of this next month, again, that will be enough because two pounds, two pounds, two pounds, adds up to 20 pounds after 10 months. But people want it to be, Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't have the Snickers bar. I didn't have the Big Mac. I want to be thin, so I should be thin now. And it's just, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a sustainable or realistic mindset. And that I think is probably got to be one of the biggest things for people that struggle with weight. Yeah. Yeah. It it starts from the inside out when we were losing weight and wanting to improve our health. And that's where so Mm -hmm. many people do go wrong is they try to change themselves out with their outward appearance and then expect the inside, the the mentality to change. And it really doesn't, that's like putting the cart before the horse. It doesn't happen that Mm -hmm. way. That is very true. That's very good. You're absolutely right. Because this is all feels very inside to me now and not outside to me anymore. And the outside is just happening now because the inside is so changed. By the way, I'm going to tell you this quick, funny story. I don't even know how much time we have left, but that's okay. You can tell me to shut up whenever you have to. So my daughter got married in July. I got a dress at the place she got her wedding dress. I got it off the rack. It was a bridal dress. It was a bridesmaid dress, $25. So I got it. It was a size 12. I got it a year before the wedding. So it's sitting in my closet, sitting in my closet. I'm telling you, there's a gap on that zipper that Evil Knievel couldn't have jumped on a motorcycle. It was so big. It was like gap this wide. No possible closing of the zipper. 
So I keep thinking I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to lose weight. So now we're in this past January. Now we're into March. I keep trying it on. I'm struggling. So I go to the seamstress. I say to her, I've got the stress. I need to see if you can help me with it. So I come out of the dressing room, which, again, I don't go into dressing rooms, but I had to. So I came out into her little shop. And she's Russian. She's very funny and cute. I come walking out and she does this. She's like, oh, you're beautiful. This is a beautiful gown, Megan. You're gorgeous. You're stunning. So I said, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. I turned around and she's like, oh, this is terrible. You are too fat. You are too fat. Your zipper is way too far apart. So she says, I'll, I'll cut off four inches on the bottom of the dress and I'll put two inches on each side of the zipper so that you can close it. So I was like, okay, that'd be great. She's like, the dress will be ready in four weeks. This is going to be the end of June. My daughter's getting married in July. <laughs> so I go to pick up the dress with my other daughter and I go in there and we I put it on and she's like, the length, Megan, the length is perfect. She's like, the back, you did not lose enough weight. This is too tight on you. I said, you know what? It is what it is. I can't do it. So my, my daughter and her both had to like pull the dress together. I was like tipping myself backwards so they could get the zipper snagged up the back. Horrendous, whatever. So a month later, I go to my daughter's wedding. I brought two dresses, the, the two small one, and then another dress that I could breathe in. I put the two small dress on because my bride daughter said that was the prettier dress. I crushed all my internal organs terribly. I could I probably did liver damage, pancreas damage, because there was such tightness. There was no room to move. I couldn't even bend. Anyway, that was in July. Just so you guys know, I literally could not even get myself out of the dress when I wanted to get out that night because it was so tight to reach around. I want you guys to know that this is a little thing that I do right now is I go in my closet at night and I try on the dress because I can zip it up with one hand. Now I go in there and I go rip right up the back of my dress. I stand, my daughter called me the day. She's like, what are you doing in your closet? I said, I'm standing in my mother of the bride dress. And she's like, why? I said, because I can. And I'm zipping it up and down with one hand. And she's like, oh my God, man, that is amazing. So look at this. I can bend in the dress now too. She's like, man, that's amazing. I said, it happened exactly in the time it was supposed to happen. I said, mm -hmm. I still wore it yes. to your wedding. I said, but God bless my, I said, I've been working on this for months and months thinking, oh, it's going to happen by March. It'll happen by May. It'll happen. Well, now it happened. And it's freaking October, you guys. But I'm still, my husband's like, are you keeping that dress balled up in the top of your closet? I said, you can bet your sweet ass I am. I said, I'm going to put that damn dress on. I'm going to wear it to breakfast some morning, come downstairs with this. I said, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. It's, it's amazing that I have been able to do this, that I didn't think I would ever be able to zip that dress, let alone zip it by myself with one freaking hand. Mm -hmm. It took a team of people to get me into my dress. It took less people to get my daughter into her wedding dress than it took me to get into that damn dress, for God's sakes. So that's my good story about how things happen over time. And it's not as fast as you want it to happen, but it will happen eventually if you just stay the program. Thank you. Patience. It's hard. Yes, patience. Very difficult for Irish people. Time is going to pass by anyway. Yes, exactly right. Why don't so, stay on board the train? That's, that's when people are like, I just, I need the motivation. I'm feeling just very, whatever, discouraged because it's been two weeks and I've only lost two pounds or something. And I'm like, well, what? It's been two weeks. And what in your mind did you expect? Like in this, it's like you expect to lose uh, an astronomical amount of weight in this made up time that you have in your head, this made up weight that you have in your head. And then I also asked, so where did you get the idea that you should be losing this X amount of weight in this little bit of time? And she's like, I don't know, the internet and the past diets that I've done. I'm like, okay, so how did that work out for you? Well, I sent you an email, Beth, during my, during this process in the last two and a half years, I sent you an email and said, I'm so discouraged. Mm -hmm, I the scale is not budging. And your response was, so what's the alternative? You're going to go back to it, to what you were doing? How is that going to change? How's that going to change? If you go back to the way you were doing things, Megan. And I sat there crying my eyes out in my car when I read your email thinking, she's absolutely right. What am I going to do? I'm going to drop this now because it's not fast. It's not, and it was such a simple sentence. You're like, well, if you stop doing this, what, what are you going to go to? Back to what you were doing? What, what, what were you happy there with, with? How did that feel? How was that working for you? And I was like, well, it wasn't working for me. And it was such a great shot of encouragement to be like, God damn, I got to just stay on this train and just keep chugging along. And it's not going to be fast. Most people quit before the magic happens. So they never see the magic because they're consistently quitting. You got to just keep going. This is boring, basic shit. It's not going to be fun. It's not a sh it's not a shiny little object and like a rabbit chasing a carrot or something. It's like you're just doing the thing every day. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. 
There's no parade. There's nobody jumping right. up and down. There's no fucking unicorns. You know, yeah, no one's saying, my God, Megan, look at you wearing that mother of the bride dress three months after your daughter's wedding. <laughs> nobody is saying that shit to me either, except for me when I'm standing in the You got to be your that's, own cheerleader. And that's you, exactly you got to do it, it for you. And that's that's what matters. That's exactly it's gonna, right. It's going to take what it takes. I agree. Hey, can I quickly ask you guys each a question? Yeah. How did, yeah. Beth, I know you your story more so because I obviously follow you, but how did both of you, A, connect, and B, how did you both start your own journeys of good health that you're both in? Oh, boy. That, that's going to take a whole episode, Megan. No, but I mean, it's a, <laughs> I, I'd love to know. It's, just, yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah. Like, were you ever overweight, Matt, in your whole life? Were you ever over what you were? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So at my heaviest, uh, I was about 250 pounds. I, my son was born. I'll give you the long, short, uh, the short version. My son was born. I was 250 pounds. There was a picture of me that I hated my fat map picture. I call it. So from there, I started my own journey of fat dieting, low carb, killing myself with cardio and things like that. I struggled for years, losing weight, putting it back on, didn't do strength training. I lost a bunch of weight, looked like shit. I was just a skinnier version of my fat self is what a a different shape, essentially. I lost 75 pounds doing that. hired my own coach and I learned about macros and calories and how if all foods fit. And then I had put a bunch of weight back on at that point, almost all of it. I dropped 50 pounds and now I've been maintaining that for the past 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, That's my own kind of journey in a nutshell there. That's amazing. Good for you, Matt. So impressive. It's Thank always you. so nice to hear people's starting places because you're, you're in it. You so obviously both of you understand the whole world of Fat Megan and feeling yucky and all the rest of that. And Beth, what was your story? What made you? What was your whole big story with turning into the world of health? For me, like I was always, my mom dieted throughout growing up. I was a very actually, I was a very skinny child. So and my mom used to actually do these diets, then she would tell me that we're going to hang you up on the door for Halloween. You're like the human garbage pail. Like I got fed this stuff consistently as a child. And then I was skinny until I wasn't right. And then I always strive to be that person that everyone wanted to be when I was younger. And then, so I had a lot of disordered eating throughout my teen years and beyond that, my father passed away. So then I got into alcohol My alcohol was intertwined with my disordered eating. When I had my son, I gained quite a bit of weight. And then after he was born, I was at my heaviest, close to 200 plus. At one point, I wasn't even weighing myself. I wasn't taking pictures of myself. I was just really drinking a a lot. I had a lot of beer belly. And so it really started when I quit drinking and then got into health and fitness then and getting certified in nutrition, having my own transformation. And that's pretty much how I got into fitness. And then do both of you guys have people that you coach in person or do you both have in person and then you do people like online where people will say, Hey, I need you to help me, you know, figure out my eating or my exercise. I'm just curious. Do you both do that? Yeah. I started out as an in-person coach in a gym. I worked for, I think like five or six years. And then right before COVID, I decided that I wanted my own online business because my father passed away four days before I graduated high school. And my mom had three kids. So she was left with nothing. We lost our house. She went bankrupt. And I'm like, I don't want that to happen to me. What if something was to happen to my husband? I'm not going to have anything for myself. So I decided to start my own online business. COVID happened. So the gym got shut down and I was no longer working in person. So I got thrown into like creating my own online business and it started by making TikToks. (laughs) And so I was making TikToks in my kitchen and I haven't stopped. So now I have a team of coaches. We help people all across the United States and beyond to get stronger, lose weight, ditch the dieting, heal the relationship with food. Yep. It's amazing, you guys. I mean, uh-huh. really amazing. And there's lots of things that you can do in the world, but helping people, I mean, you have to eat to live. Human beings have to eat food. And to help people change that relationship and to help people get that healthy. I mean, me, I'm one person sitting here in Wisconsin and with looking out at all the fall leaves in my front yard. I'm one little middle-aged lady here whose life has been completely drastically transformed by colliding with Beth on TikTok. And what a great feeling for both of you to know that you are helping people really end a cycle of just shit. I mean, just Mm -hmm. shit cycle. It's all it is. It's It's just shit. It's an incredible feeling. It's got to be. Matt has his own online business, too. 
and he yeah. he helps. It's yeah, very, very similar story to Beth's. I also trained, coached people in person part time for a couple of years as a hobby, friends and family. Then I was working in corporate IT at the time. I wanted more out of life. I was like, "There's more to showing up and working for the man for 50 hours a week." And I, I was like, "I'm going to do something with with personal training because it was my passion. I loved helping my friends and family." So 2019, I started looking to get online. Then I got. I was great timing because then the pandemic happened shortly after that, just like Beth. Got on TikTok, started talking shit to people on TikTok. <laughs> and then Beth and I connected on TikTok very early during the pandemic. And one thing led to another. Here we are with a podcast two, more than two, two years later and helping hundreds of thousands. And like, there's no better feeling in the world. Yeah, I cannot even imagine. And are you guys both on the East Coast? This is my last. I'm interviewing both of you in case you're wondering. Now I'm interviewing two of you. <laughs> Matt's in Ohio and I'm in oh. Maine. Yep. I'm flying into Ohio tomorrow because we have a meet and meet and greet hike um, at Hawking Hills. So what we do, we have a Patreon, monthly workouts, monthly challenges, and also we have recipe, a ton of recipes for, we have two tiers. So $5 a month, everyone can get monthly workouts and challenges. And then for $10, you can get monthly workouts, monthly challenges, and a recipe portal with like over a hundred low calorie, high protein recipes. And so we do these like quarterly, I should say hikes. And we ask our followers, where would you like to meet? And so it's a way for us to connect with the people that listen to the podcast and also get people moving outdoors, which me and Matt really love. We're avid hikers. And so we're going to Hocking Hills. We've been to Utah. We went hiking in Utah. We had a meet and greet. Florida. In Maine this summer nice. and then Florida last winter. So, yeah. We even did one in Ohio this time last year, too, which really started. I know. It was off. actually like almost a year to the day. Where in Ohio do you guys go? So, I'm in Northwest Ohio. Hocking Hills is down in Southeast Ohio, down where there's actually like hills and, and elevation change and stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> my, my daughter's in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. That's so, you guys don't ever come to, you guys have not been to Illinois. You've not been to Wisconsin. You haven't been to any great states like me, have you? Not yet. I was thinking, though, like the Upper Peninsula, UP, would be a really cool place Beautiful. for us to do something. So I haven't talked with Beth about it yet, but now that I just put it out there into the internet, some of our followers will probably agree with us that we need to go to the UP. Mm-hmm. And I could come and meet you guys at the UP. I could that'd be, that'd be, that'd be so amazing. Yes. So yeah. fun. We could hike and laugh ourselves silly together. Wouldn't that be I would for you guys? I would fucking love that, and Megan. You can eat a banana with us fucking on top of a summit too. somewhere. I would <laughs> fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> It's been so incredible talking to you. All right, you guys have a good one. (laughs) Thanks, Megan, so much. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode. So why not share with a friend who needs to hear it? Send us a DM on Instagram or email us at cutthecrappod at gmail.com and join our Patreon at patreon.com slash cutthecrappodcast. As always, we appreciate you and thanks for being here.